lots of drama this week with the State Board of Education, which is not something I say very often. Uh, So what happened was there is this model code of conduct that they voted on. And because the board is now made up of four Republicans and four Democrats, you have this party split. So the the changes were mainly revolved around how to deal with uh, students who are acting out. Um, There were some changes and some language about LGBTQ students and discrimination. And the Republicans voted against it largely because of that. And the Democrats voted in favor of the model conduct. But because you got a 4-4, it didn't pass. Yeah, this 4-4 split between parties is new. The board has, for the last several years, been dominated by Democrats. And now it's this 4-4 split between the two parties. What does that mean for getting things done on the state board going forward? It could potentially mean that the board just gets really stagnant and that they hit a deadlock more often than not. Um, the state superintendent is Brian Whiston, and he's an interesting player in all of this because he is elected by the board, but he's not a voting member, and he pretty much straddles the party lines and tries to work with everybody. Um, but he's feeling pretty optimistic that the split is not going to cause a deadlock on education policy, but if it does, he has a plan. I think the fact that it is 4-4 is an incentive for them to work together because to get most things passed that they want passed, they have to work across the aisle. So I think actually it's a, I think it will force them to work together. And the few times they can't, they just say we can't work together on this and then they move on. Yeah, we'll see if a few times when they can't work right. together actually pans <laughs> out. Hopefully it's not all the time. But, you know, this, the state board is really interesting to me because uh, the Constitution, the state Constitution, gives it sweeping authority over public education in the state. But a lot of the policy decisions that have been made recently have been made by the governor and the legislature seeming to sort of encroach on that territory. So why exactly should we be paying a whole lot of attention to the state board when, for one thing, it seems like they're more likely to deadlock on these kinds of issues and also that a lot of their power and their authority has been taken away by the governor and the legislature. Well, one of the important things that they do is they put together these guidelines. And even though they're voluntary and, um, you know, they're not binding in any way, these are guidelines that schools can that are really beneficial to schools that they rely on, especially when you have a new law like the new zero tolerance policy. Um, you know, now all the schools have to grapple with, you know, we've been in a zero tolerance policy world for so long. Now, when a student acts out, what is the proper way to discipline them? And so what happens is, is what they're looking for is, you know, you have the model code of conduct from the board, which has been, you know, vetted by lawyers. It's been looked over by experts and they would be able to look at those guidelines and see, okay, you know, if I don't have the resources to look into this issue on my own, I can look at the board's guidelines and I can see this is what is going to be best for my students. But also this is something that if I follow these guidelines, I'm probably not going to get sued by a parent. And also don't forget that as the state board still sets the standards for public education in Michigan. So if you come down on one side or the other when it comes to Common Core, this is the body to be really paying attention to. Yeah, it will be very interesting over the next couple of months and years to see, you know, is our education policy going to be stagnant in exactly the way it is now because of that deadlock? Or are they going to be able to come together and, and work together and get things done?